Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing! This is 11 personnel. Nick Roush back again on the Zoom call with one Adam Luckett where tonight we've got a treat because you get to listen to us be distracted by Maction. Officially November. It's not November until you get your midday, midday Mackin. And tonight is like some type of holiday or something because <laughs> every team is playing at the same time. It's like the poorest version of like opening of the NCAA tournament. It's and you know what? It's I don't know if they intended to do this or not, but it's such a perfect gift. Like post election, we're just going to give you five ridiculous Mac football games, and right. man, what a gift it is! And yeah, other than election, in the sports world, there's nothing else going on. So I would assume their numbers are going to be pretty good for these uh, first couple games. Well, in the first game, it wasn't even on national television. Four of the games are. Uh, mm-hmm. But the one that wasn't, Akron, on ESPN+, Plus, they opened up all of the action with an onside kick recovered on the first play of the game. It's like, man, this is just perfect. This is so perfect. And the other ESPN Plus game are the two teams Kentucky was supposed to play this year. The Emus? Eastern Michigan and Kent State. I love Kent State's uniforms. They're so gaudy. Emus are hanging tough, and they had one of the records where that against a dog, they were really, really, really good. And whenever they're an underdog in a game, was this the uh, the uh, all all white unis they had out today too? I saw. Yeah, the the green helmets with the uh, like the the aluminum e, (laughs) like the steel on their shoulders. Yeah, yeah. I know we like are supposed to hate Eastern Michigan for hurting Terry Wilson, but like I can't I can't dislike the the Chris Creighton factory bit. Like it's such a hilarious bit. And it's pure Mac football. Yeah, he, he's done a good job there. And yeah, I think obviously around here people hate him, but they're a pain in the butt to play. And I think we've we've seen that from Kentucky. Well at least twenty seventeen, Kentucky was kind of lucky to get out of there with a win. There was the game where I believe Blake McClain got a pick in the end zone that pretty much ended the game. Like I think it was Kendall Randolph. Kendall Randolph. There we go. Wrong panhandle guy. Oh, no, the lights went out. <laughs> oh, this is yeah, great. I don't know. <laughs> the At the Luckett House, we have a little picture and picture here for all the ESPN games. And for some reason, they're on PTI one channel. I guess they flipped it on me. So uh, I'll have to fix that. The Ohio Central Michigan game, the lights in the stadium went out at Central Michigan. And I, I guess they've let the band in the game, but there's there's so many fans in there. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. On, on I see that now. I see it now. <laughs> and now they're all leaving the field. I guess they're just gonna start halftime early. Insert your uh all your Matt the Mac is poor jokes. Oh man. Hey, that's how they gotta play though. Like, if you're not getting this TV revenue, then 
Oh gosh, and, and now they're showing a full moon. The, yeah, there was only a minute left till halftime, so they're just gonna take an early halftime, which is smart. Like, just go ahead and do it now. Get it. Keep keep the night they gonna, long. They gonna let them play a sixteen minute third quarter. Yeah, sixteen minutes of twenty seven seconds. <laughs> oh, but uh, while the MAC football it's happening tonight, it's exciting. It's an exciting weekend of college football. I'm excited to talk about these games. There's a lot happening in SEC yes. country, especially in the Magnolia State. Uh, well, but first, we've got to start with Kentucky's 14-3 loss to Georgia. And like it, I know many folks are down, but they say that good teams win, great teams cover. And if that's true, then Kentucky's a great football team at 2-4 and four going into the bye week. And they're outstanding against – ranked teams when they're unranked against the spread. I believe the number's like eight, one, and one now, and they're last 11 or 10. can't count. But, yeah, that they usually play their best. They, they almost got backdoored. It was very, very, very close. Very close. And they played with they it didn't. for a long time. They, they, they hung tough. The defense played well. And, man, I know that, like, you know, it's, it's easy to get lost in the woods when it comes to this inept offense. But as bad as the last, as the first two games were defensively, uh, and, and I guess the first game wasn't as bad. They, they gave Auburn a lot of short fields. But as bad as they were in those first two games, the last four have been crazy good, Adam Luckett. Mm-hmm. In the last four games, opponents are averaging less than 180 yards passing a game. They haven't passed for a touchdown. Kentucky's picked off 11 passes in that time frame. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's and they're doing, <laughs> they're doing all of this without really a pass rush, too. Yeah, it's one of those where it's not consistent. They've gotten home a few times, but it's not. Now you look at it now. Mississippi State threw it seventy times, and they weren't really rushing the passer. Um, so that's obviously knocked some of the numbers out of whack. And Georgia only passed it what? A yeah, dozen times. Georgia only passed it eleven times, I believe. No, nine to thirteen. Then it was nine to thirteen. I'm pretty sure. But but you look at like the sack rate numbers are just not. They're not. They're not there. Um, they're just not getting them for whatever reason. Uh, but everything else, uh, it's really it's really rolling with this offense. I think defensively against Georgia, I think you saw a, a defensive front that was playing their sixth game in a row in the SEC without a bye, going up against a talented offensive line off a bye week. That was the most I thought they've gotten pushed around all season. Um, they were just getting washed on some of those inside zone runs, I'll, and the I'll, cutbacks for Zemir White were just wide open. I'll give Bully McCall as the exception. There was a, I mean, he was doing the uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know which Pascal Pascal was banged up. Hoskins yeah. was getting moved around a little bit. Cordell Looney played a lot, and he was getting moved around. I felt like. But the edges I, did not play well yeah. on that first drive. Either. And then they gave up two big pass plays. One was where James Cook just kind of leaked out, um, and then there was one more that Stetson Bennett hit. Yeah, it was the long, the deep ball to. Um, uh, they got him on play action, but it was a deep yeah. ball that went like forty-five yards. So they gave up two chunk plays that they usually don't do, but they just keep getting stops. Like we talk about the scoring opportunity, they just keep they keep balling out there, getting Phil, stops. Man, what a I mean, yeah, it was a hell of a play. Ah, because like, it's a play you, it's gonna get forgotten about, 
It's so but like good, just man. an individual effort from a defensive player, that's one of the best plays we've seen in quite a while from a Kentucky guy, I think. I mean, so I'm trying to even think of Sam it, it reminded me of Sam Maxwell, two thousand nine or two thousand seven against Tennessee, triple overtime. They Tennessee throws it, he bats it up in the air, runs like five, six yards and just full out dives, intercepts the ball. That's and then awesome. on receiver gets like a field goal blocked. Later, and then Kentucky ends up losing the next overtime. But that's a play that that people forget about, but that reminded me of it. That would have gone down in football, Kentucky football war. Right, that'd have right. been like a picture they would have in all the in the facility. Mm-hmm. And now it just it's totally forgotten about because Kentucky ended up losing that game. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. There, there's got to be some other ones like that, like. I know at least for basketball's sake, was who who was it that hit the half court shot in uh was it Madison? No, it was, it was Barclays Center. Uh a couple years, it was Kelton Johnson hit a half court shot right before half. That was quickly so, hit one at uh, Texas Tech this past year. No, it was he hit one to force it to go into overtime. Um, because my wife actually she was gonna Snapchat me like being sad after the loss and then was just You're talking about Seton surprised. Hall against yeah, Seton, Seton Hall, Hall. at yeah. Madison Square Garden, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that, that's one of those like that's when uh, wins. that's a crazy like holy oh, crap! You won on a half court shot, basically. Oh, WDRB here in Louisville took the game off of Fox and put on <laughs> Indiana, and Mister Bill Lamb had to get on there and apologize like the next day on air. Oh man, I miss Bill Lamb's and his point of view. Like those were is like as much as Matt and Co like to make fun of it. It really like the the playing the phone calls into the TV station like that's when you know you're just like just mad like it, that was pre mad online it's just getting yeah, that's mad. What I was gonna say <laughs> hashtag mad online. <laughs> oh man, is is getting mad online before where they're calling and leaving voicemails like yeah. Um, it's it's like when you see the old movies and they come home and they press their answering machine to play in messages. Remember when that was a thing? Mm-hmm. Oh. That was classic. Um, hell, where even were we? Phil uh, Hoskins interception. Yes. Well, it was funny hearing him talk about it today. How he described it, he was just like, "When I tipped in the air, he's like, everything just went quiet. I knew I had to go get it." And it's one of those plays too that, as a defensive lineman, I mean, I'm sure you think about doing that all the time, but to have the wherewithal it, to it never react. bounces to you though. Like that one just yeah. kind of bounced to him. Yeah. Or, or like whenever uh, you pick off a screen pass, like you can be in the right position, but sometimes your hands are too far out and it just goes right in between them. Mm-hmm. Like that, that happened to me at least twice where I just wasn't quick enough to react. To have the wherewithal and the awareness to do it, unbelievable. And it kept Kentucky in the game too because that was what, a minute before halftime, they're in the red zone. Like that was a huge stop and it – it gave Kentucky life, kind of like how Kelvin Joseph's pick, excuse me, Bossman Fats pick. You thought the game was over because Gatewood fumbled, but he got him the ball back right away. So there was at least still a chance, thanks to big plays by the defense. And that first half got wonky. A lot of bad things could have happened that ended up not happening. The end of just that entire both. They just don't. They halves. don't trust. They don't trust their quarterback. I think at the end of halves. I think that's where you see that they try to protect their quarterbacks from themselves. Well, um, and I didn't blame him when you're on your own 13. Like it's one yeah. thing if you're 
you know, like they, they played the field position battle pretty well, but that was the one time right. that they were backed up. And it's like, you know, I don't blame them for not taking a risk. Well, I think part of the issue with this team this year has been the inability to play complementary football. And what I mean by that is just, you know, your offense putting your defense in good spots, your defense putting your offense in good spots. Against Missouri, they didn't mm-hmm. do that at all. You know, only 30-something plays. Ole Miss, I think they did that for the most part. They just could not stop Ole Miss. But Auburn, they, they didn't really needed, do it. They needed one of those interceptions against Ole Miss. Yeah. Like, they, they needed one of those to happen. Um, yeah. You know, that's, Auburn, that's they didn't really do games it. That's one of those that, like, man, if you're at 500 right now, you're not too mad at where you stand. Well, the Ole Miss game is what it was. Like, that Kentucky just didn't have a lot of tape on, old, like, Lane Kiffin's offense, and they kind of got caught up in a buzzsaw there in the second half. And they they left they left some points on the field while Ole Miss didn't. Ole Miss maximized their scoring chances better than Kentucky did. That's really what that game came down to. Right. But it's one of those things that, like, I mean, I, I've, I've said it a couple of times elsewhere. I don't care, but, like, just thinking about what a Kentucky football season typically is. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're not mad if you're, you've got two wins in the SEC against Tennessee and Mississippi state. Like that's usually a pretty damn good year. 500 in the SEC is always good for Kentucky. In a, in a regular year, if you run your non-conference, you're eight and four and you're a bow went away from a top 25 season. Yeah. It's pretty but crazy. But like, this year, everything it's so week by week in this season because one, people have never experienced it before Two, you get, you know, you're playing, you're playing tough games every night out. And it's just, and three, I think the expectations before the season. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, got built up then got disappointed when they thought there weren't going to be a season and there was a season got built back up again. And we bought um, in the really, Wilson hype. Like well, we, we did. That's that's what we I want to get to here. Before um, the year, um, we hyped this up because on paper this roster was as good one through eighty five as any they ever had. The depth chart, the two deep, was really good. But at the same time, we knew the program really had to start leveling up the passing game and getting that going. Um, because we knew, like, that's that, that really is the next step. Like, if they want to take the next step, they have to have that. Like, they built the defense. Mm-hmm. They built the trenches on both sides. They Now they have to find the quarterback and receivers. And I think this is just magnifying that. I think it would be a little more buried in a reg- if we just played the regular 2020 schedule. Mm-hmm. But now I think it's kind of forcing um, the issue a little bit, and I think it's probably going to force some, maybe some changes quicker than maybe they would have gotten there because I think it's obvious right now um, there's a lot of things that went wrong in that they probably you know I think you need some fresh blood in there at this point I'm not sure what it is but obviously something has to change well uh Mark Stoops didn't say he, he gave very few specifics other than he did say that Terry Wilson did practice today uh the the election Having the election on Tuesday and, and no college athletic activities were happening, they had to kind of push the bye week back. They weren't sending kids home anyway either because of COVID. 
So they're practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. Terry is back. He's practicing. But Stoops, it was, it was pulling teeth trying to get anything out of him from the quarterbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can share kind of where they're trying to go with at least the passing game conceptually. But, like, he really wasn't wanting to say specifics other than he – how they're trying to solve these problems like it is as simple as we want to – I mean, he said – we're going to find five, six, seven concepts the quarterbacks like, they're comfortable with, and just run a bunch of different formations and stuff to try to get our receivers open. Yeah, now, that, that, that told me that, that it's Gatewood. If you're looking for five concepts that he's good at, like they know what Terry's good at. Right. That's what that, that's when he said that, that made that ring bells off in my head that it's Gatewood show me before, which I think it should be. Well, especially because like, You've got four games left, you know. What, what what does it really matter what Terry does in these final four games? You know, like you owe it to yourself and the program right now to find out what you have in Gatewood. Yes. Um, because let's be honest, like the the receivers are catching a lot of attention this week, but the quarterback play, both running the football and passing the football, has not been good. And it has to get better. So, if it's pretty close, like I think it is, you mm-hmm. owe it to Gatewood until he just flat out stinks out loud in a game. Yeah, well, and to throw him out there because you need to know what you have with him. If you if you play these five games with him back there, that's enough of a sample size to be like, all right, we can either build something around this cat, or if he doesn't have it, you gotta you gotta you gotta go out and you know, take another stab with another quarterback, potentially another transfer somewhere. Um, Because this issue just has to be fixed. It's been too long. And I think a lot of the reason Stoops is a little irritable about these QB questions is because he answers these questions every year. He gets asked the same questions. It's just about different different dudes back there. But they haven't been able to find the quarterback. And that's more to my point, I think. Like Kentucky back in 2018 had it all. They just didn't have, you know, the playmaker at quarterback. If that team has the playmaker at quarterback, you know, they, played, they probably won the East. I mean, be honest. They probably go like 11-1. That, that's all that they were missing. They had the defense. They had the run game. Um, if they just had, you know, a guy that could really create and be Man. a difference maker at quarterback. Um, you were, you they, were listing off some of the players, and it's one of those things that, like, we'll be doing for years and years to come. But all-time great running back, all-time great defender, uh, Mike Edwards, one of your best – defensive backs ever Lynn Bowden one of your best athletes ever I mean they're just they're loaded and you really only got what two good Terry Wilson games you know you yeah the game <laughs> and I mean didn't have much else so and, and they still were right there in the thick of it the entire time and to your point like you know we know what we got in Terry you need to know what you're going to get out of Gatewood and Stoop said as much you know you've got a grade Gatewood on a curve against that Georgia game. You can't – we can't assess how we played. Now, Stoops did say that, you know, some of these – like Georgia covered up a lot of those deep shots, but sometimes you just got to give them an opportunity to make plays. Uh-huh. Maybe it's Gatewood's first – it's first hits his first game. He's going to be a little hesitant, you know, like he doesn't want to go out there and completely piss down his leg. Uh, and he's first. playing against the fastest defense in the country. Dude, they were so fast at closing on the edges. I mean, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't bounce anything because yeah. they just and, gobbled it up. And poor Georgia, Kentucky beat the crap out of them. So now <laughs> they got all these guys banged up. 
which sets up perfectly for Florida. Like Dan Mullen needs to fly up to Lexington, take Mark Stoops to Tony's or Jeff Ruby's, his pick, and buy him a night out, night a dinner and a night out on the town because that it's set up perfect for Florida this week. Like if he don't win this one, well, and on that's top tough. of that, on top of that, they had their whole little fight and everything where he comes out there and has to fire up the crowd afterwards. Yeah, come on. Yeah, nah. Don't get me started on that dweeb. All right, dude. Yeah, like, you're, you're, no, go. I'm getting you started on that dweeb. Does he do that if Mark Stoops is the other coach? Does he do that if Will Muschamp's the other coach? Does he do that if Jeremy Pruitt's the other coach? Does he do that if Nick Saban's the other coach? Does he do that if Derek Mason is the other coach? Does he do that if Jimbo Fisher is the other coach? Does he do that? Lane Kiffin is the other coach. On and on and on. The only guy he would do that to it's is drinking. poor little, poor little uh, nerd over there, Eli. <laughs> they were having a battle on the nerd. That's why it got me so mad because we've seen Mullen act out two times. It's been against Derek Mason and Vanderbilt, a team they were romping that day, and then it's been this game uh, against Missouri. Like, okay. <laughs> cut cut the crap, Mullen. Like you're not like if you try to come out and do that against uh one of these other guys, like it's gonna Well and then afterwards he he wears the Darth Vader uh yeah, the Darth Vader just, costume to the press conference. He's try. get he's getting to uh Spurrier and Fulmer levels, Mr. Roush. Oh or, or Adam Luckett. Like it's getting he's getting up there. So here here's my question, because your in-laws are in Jacksonville. Are they letting fans into the stands for the cocktail party? I think it's limited. It's like – I think it's kind of what Texas and Oklahoma did. It's like 15% or whatever, and then they were able to split the, the tickets. Gotcha. I, th- I think that's what it is. I haven't really looked up on it, to be honest. So, I, I'm, I'm guessing that they've got – you know, your father-in-law's probably got a little bit better pulse on where the game is. I was Hotel shocked. gating. Oh. I know that. I was shocked that Georgia was favored. Like, I know there yeah. are losses to Alabama, but I was shocked just because what is Georgia's offense done for you? You know, like I would like, I'd like Georgia in that game if they weren't so beat up. Like, they're legit beat up on defense after that Kentucky game. And then LeCount got in that car accident and he's going to be out. Well, and then on top of it, I mean, Pickens, he is he going to be back? Like, on it's, offense, I mean, th- they're, they're, like you said, slim pickings. I know Ford has had their COVID issues, but I expect that most of those guys should be back by now. Um, but nevertheless, I was – yeah. my dad actually had on an old cocktail party they were playing. It was when uh, Herschel Walker was back there. Uh-huh. And, and that, that was kind of fun to watch. Keith Jackson, Frank Broyles, just, just classic, you know college football 1981 where they're, they're showing the score by like showing a camera on yeah. the scoreboard yeah. <laughs> yeah um so I'm, I'm i'm at least looking forward to that game because there is a lot of uncertainty mullen's gonna pull out all the stops to the point where like I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if we got kind of like a mark rick thing where they all just go celebrating mm-hmm. the end zone like i could see him doing something like that to really try to well, like, stick it to him early thing with that game is you know Kirby wants to win at 21-17 like he's he's doubled down on man ball here since that Alabama game <laughs> and I you just that out that Florida team's gonna score points they just got they've got weapons this year and they got a trigger man at quarterback so you know can Georgia score enough to win it and I think the defensive injuries really hurt because LeCount he's just 
he's an eraser back there. He mm-hmm. covers so much ground. Lewis Seen's the same way, and he's banged up. So you got both safeties. Jordan Davis in the middle is kind of their anchor on run defense. You know, he got banged up. One of their other big bodies, Rochester, got hurt. Monty Rice was injured. I, I don't think they really even wanted to play him against Kentucky, but the game was kind of close there in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then they got their replacement for him got kind of banged up during the game, so he had to go out there. Um, they just got a lot of injuries going on. On Kentucky's injury front, uh, aside from Wilson, the good news is Quentin Bohanna, he's going to be back next week. They aren't saying it outright, but yeah. um, reports and basically he's going to be back uh, next week. Pascal needed – a week off too because he hasn't really been himself. I don't think the last couple of games. Right, right. DeAndre Square. Um, we got a lot of turned ankles. Uh, the, both offensive guards, Fortner and uh, uh, Horsey, Horsey, went down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Austin Dotson had two holds. Man, the hold on the screen. That was that was an awful hold. <laughs> that was just bad. Going back to Dotson's high school evaluation, it was all right. This guy's a mauler, but he. You know, he probably – I don't. we don't know if he can pass block because he never had to in college. Like, this is going to be a learning experience. We fast forward four years later, it's the same thing. Like, he's a dude when it comes to run blocking. Mm-hmm. He's doing – he's moving some people. Down, but when you ask him to pass pro, man, he's going to be an adventure. And so, well, I think we're seeing that with him. Man, I looked it up today. Look at – Kentucky ranked something like 96. Oh, we just got a Brian Van Gorder sighting uh, oh. to Toledo Bowling Green. Brian Van Gorder? Oh, wow. Yeah, BBG's he gave up 21 lot. points in the first quarter. <laughs> so, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, another note, too, on Maction. Uh, I saw an ad, like a commercial for it. Their, their website is getsomeaction.com. Like, they're all in on it. <laughs> oh, it's a shame we don't get the power to flag this year, though, for beating uh, – like they aren't going to fly the Jolly Roger if they beat it. Illinois or something. Right, right. Um, what was that? What were, uh, um, Kentucky's offensive line. They so PFF ranks them as the top offensive line in the SEC, seventh nationally. Deering Kennard, best offensive tackle in the SEC. But in pass blocking, Football Outsiders, their sack rate, they're ninety sixth. Mm-hmm. in sack rate. And I think that's in passing situations. So, like, when the other team – when you know the other team's blitzing, it's probably getting home. 12th you know, in the SEC. 13, 13 sacks in six games. Oh, wow. And, like, you have guys who can seemingly should be good enough to get out of the pocket. It's not like you got mm-hmm. statues back there either. So, like, that that's with the caveat that they've scrambled and thrown some balls away. There's been like maybe two or three times where I thought a sack was on the OL. One big one was that third down against Missouri where Landon Young got beat on a speed rush um, when when they got the ball down 17-10 when they didn't have Rodriguez in for another reason. Uh, I think Terry either threw it away or got sacked, and then the game was over. But the the pass protection has been good. These sacks are more on the quarterback, either not getting rid of the ball or not stepping up the pocket or whatnot. Which I think Terry early in the season he improved at that, but I think as the season has progressed, you kind of seen him go back to his old kind of kind of turtle up a sprint little. at yeah, we'll sprint out one way or the other, or fade in the pocket, not really stick it in there and moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when you have a you know a pretty clean pocket it's cluttered but it's still there's still a clean area for you to operate instead he's bailing and I think that's when some of the sacks have occurred but offensive line they're, they're doing their job I think with Kentucky right now you have an efficiency animal in Chris Rodriguez you're not getting behind the chains if he's getting the carrot and if he's getting the ball in his hands but he's not necessarily giving you chunk plays but that's 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 I think the issue with offense is how can you find some big plays moving forward? Um, because A.J. Rose, you thought that would maybe be him this year, but he just hasn't produced the big plays. I mean, we had that one run against Missouri, one against Ole Miss, but that's been it. And then it's been a lot of negative plays. So moving forward, I think it's probably time to see more smoke in McClain and maybe less Rose. Yeah, and we saw smoke split out but we didn't see him in the backfield uh, yeah he didn't get a carry so i thought that was kind of bizarre maybe they're trying to limit his hits because he's got that uh bum rib but mm-hmm. I, I actually had a friend uh, we get to talking one night i bet we spent 20 minutes talking on the phone he was like they never considered just moving aj to receiver like well that's that's another thing i wanted to bring up here this week because like the thing is he's not only is he built like a receiver, he has the speed for it. He's got pretty good hands. Like, if he were to – like, I could see him doing a uh, Jalen Hurd type deal where you, you play r- running back at Tennessee. Now, he grad transferred to do that. But he, and he transfers to Baylor and plays receiver and then gets drafted in the NFL. Like, I could see in four games Rose doing enough at receiver where he'll end up on a training camp somewhere. That's what I think they should just use him out there. He's a decent blocker in, pa- in pass protection, so couldn't be horrible. Or he's got to be probably better than a lot of the other receivers blocking in space at worst. But, yeah, I, can he do that? Can – we've seen Kelvin Joseph make two of his interceptions. One, he just broke on it at Tennessee, but against Mississippi State and Georgia, he high-pointed the football. Mm-hmm. He catches it. He gets feet and bounds, catches it clean, makes a play. I'm at to the point, can he beat press coverage? <laughs> if he can beat press coverage, <laughs> he has the ball skills. I don't know. Like, that's what I, I've been thinking about. That's, I keep thinking about that this week. But Rose, I think, is more likely one for sure, and putting him out there and just, well, you know, just running from a, a bubble to him. Standpoint, or, you know, yeah. I mean, it can't be that hard to – run a fade up no. on the slot, I wouldn't imagine. But or science, like it's it's not yes, if you're in press, getting a release can be difficult and it takes technique. But like yeah. at this point, I yeah. mean, why the hell not? You know, why the hell not give it a yeah. try? Throw it up against the wall, mm-hmm. see what sticks. You've got time this week during the bye week to to give it a shot. So like go for it. Why why the yeah. hell not? And looking at this offense and offensive line, like we enter the season thinking, all right, they got this really good offensive line. They should be really, really efficient. Like, they should be moving the ball consistently, maybe not creating the big plays, but they should always be able to move the ball. And that's shown up. They've, they've been a good third-down offense. Um, and when they're able to stay ahead of the chains, they've been good. Where they get themselves in trouble is when they come out and try to pass the ball on teams, ball behind, and then just uh, get in a bad little funk. So I think, you know, you really got to double down. If you ride Rodriguez and then I think, you know, Smoke and McLean, I think they could just be more efficient than what we've seen from Rose this year. And if they can provide that in the second half, and that again we talked about last week, like quarterback run has been a real big disappointment. 
I think, for this offense. I think going into the year with some of the Bowden stuff they did last year, they thought it was going to be a, an extra thing they would have. Um, they would be able to, you know, use it in key third downs. They would also be able to, you know, produce some big plays. And it just hasn't been good um, this year. When you look at – obviously the sack yardage takes out, but you look at just the numbers that both Gatewood and Terry have running the football, it's just – it's been very uh, disappointing. I think that – you know, obviously the past game, the receivers have been disappointing. But for me, that's just as much disappointment is that they've not been able to figure out quarterback run because that really should have been a pretty good weapon for them this year, and it just hasn't. Well, and when they mess up on their reads, too, it's almost always a tackle for a loss. Like, it just it just is. Like Yeah. Well, with so- quarterback run, you're going to get – you're going to have more negative plays than than other others because it's more slow developing. But – you also have an extra hat to block, so you should be getting more big plays. But they just had it; just hasn't it hasn't worked out for them for whatever reason. It's been weird why it hasn't worked out, and I don't know. Maybe they can figure something out with Gatewood what he what runs he kind of reads best or whatnot. But I think it's very important to figure out. You got to get something out of that. Um, I think. Well, they also said, like to to go back to what he said earlier about the running different formations to get guys open. The fact yeah. that we haven't seen some, like, bunch of stuff, you know. Like yeah, that, that thing, you did see a little bit of it in Georgia. They, they used some bunch. They also motioned Rodriguez out into empty. They did that a bunch of times, and then they would move him back in. I'm just trying to see. Usually you do that to see if the team's in man a, coverage or not. Right, right, get a read on them. But Georgia, they, that's that's all they were doing, so you got to play. They did they did a little bit uh, with Josh uh-huh. Ali, where, yeah. but like you also run the risk of running him into the ground before the play even starts. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm hopeful that I mean we can talk about it more next week. I'm hopeful that we'll get some offense in that Vanderbilt game because I just I refuse to believe that it's as bad as it seems right now. I just think a lot of it is. The problems all look all feel a lot worse because you don't get to exhale any against any of these teams. Well, the Georgia game, I thought the game plan was good. I thought they had the right idea. Thought they moved the football. I think, but when you play like that with limited possessions, your mistakes can be magnified. And so, some iffy play calling on the first red zone possession. Joey Gatewood steps up in the pocket, has rig wide open for probably a touchdown, just doesn't see him. Yeah. The second, you know, they they start a drive after Georgia scores. They have it kind of cooking a little bit. And then Gatewood fumbles on what – setting up what would have been a third and four in automatic four-down territory. So yeah. you're probably going to give it to Rodriguez two times in a row, get the first down. Then you're kind of in field goal range. You get that. So he fumbles right there in a place he cannot fumble. If those plays are different – it's kind of a different game. And then you probably get into the fourth quarter in a one possession game. And then you're, you will force Georgia's hand to make, have Stetson Bennett make more throws. And then let's see what happens. And so I did think the game plan was all that off. They just had a couple of mistakes there, which if you play like that. Your, your mistakes are going to be magnified, but going against Vanderbilt, like this, that's the worst. That might be the worst. They might be worse than Vanderbilt or Ole Miss on defense. Um, they're dead last in yards per play allowed in the SEC. So you should be able to kind of do whatever you want against them. Sure. Um, hopefully it can be – yeah, and it should. And <laughs> Alabama and Florida, they're not close to Georgia on defense. 
Like, I think Kentucky's played the two toughest defenses I'll see all year, in Mississippi State and Georgia. Like, they should – like they should be able to have some success moving the ball on both of those teams. Um, it's it's going to all come down to probably can you can you find a way to create big plays and finishing drives. I think finishing drives has been a disappointment this year, especially in the red zone. Um, yeah, but I mean with this offensive line, like we thought that would be like a place they would succeed because you kind of lean on your run game and whatnot. Right, right. Just they just haven't got the court. Like, I think the the play calling has not been great in certain situations, but. Overall, like they just haven't got the quarterback play, good enough quarterback play. Now, um, I do have a question for you, Arkin. I'm just so uh, it was so weird to look at this Mac game, and <laughs> they uh, the game where the lights went out, they just Ohio missed a chance to throw a hail mary, and then I look up, and since they had already done their halftime. It's an opening kickoff and pew, 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 pew. Yeah, this house. game is, this game has been fun. <laughs> Take it to the house on the ensuing kickoff. That's great. Which, by the way, I hear Athens, Ohio. I hear that's a, not only a pretty town, but I've heard that Halloween there is apparently. I've heard the, that too. The bee's knees. I've heard that too. I've heard it. it they're in Dayton. I think in Dayton is pretty big too. Dayton is also they're they're big too in March Madness, like because they're a big basketball school, and that place lost its mind whenever they went to the Elite Eight with like Scoochie Smith. Yeah, yeah, back. yeah. They lost to Florida. That's and you know what? That's what makes me so upset that they didn't get their chance this year, because they were going to be the they were going to be a one seed and had the best player in college basketball, and they had like good side like Crutcher. They had some really good talent. Yeah, they had a good team there. last year, um, but. You know, that's getting us a little Have you seen off. Ohio's little prop? The play, They're wearing, like, this green beret hat or something. Yeah, and that he wore it after the touchdown. So, I'm not really – man, what a great name for a player, too. Tuggle. Yeah, Demontre Tuggle. That's a that's a hard-working SOB right there. Tuggle. Which, like, it don't it, – it's kind of weird that we're starting Mac play tonight. Friday is the last high school football regular season game in Kentucky. And – some schools have only played like four games. It's, it's yeah. weird. It's real weird. Trinity had to shut down. Uh, Sanix and Frederick Douglass canceled since both counties are in the red. They were supposed to play this Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's a real bummer all around. Feel for the kids. They're at least going to have the playoffs uh, get rolling next week. But Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're going to let them play as long as you don't have COVID cases to deal with. So – I don't know. It's weird. It's also weird, too, that, like, they're stopping because counties are in the red, but, like, people don't – people aren't, like, getting it on the teams. Like, Louisville, their game against Virginia has been postponed because Louisville football players have COVID. Fifteen of them do. Like, okay. That's a good point. But, like, kids aren't <laughs> – but kids aren't – haven't gotten it. You know what I mean? Well, that is – they get sick, then they get tested. They haven't gotten sick. Uh, yeah, you know, it's what happens. I'm getting energized. Either, either way, it, it's it's just weird. Uh, a for effort that they tried to pull it off, but you yeah, know. I feel for them. I really do. Uh, in basketball, it's gonna that's not gonna be any easier. So uh, yeah, yeah. But football this weekend, though, like it. We talked some about the cocktail party. I 
don't think betters could are ever going to get Clemson at such a shorter price than they will this weekend. I don't know how you cannot bet Clemson. I just I don't. I, Notre Dame does not have the. They just don't have the playmakers, and they lost the, their uh, receiver for the year. Like they're they just don't have the guys to keep up with Clemson. And I know Clemson struggled against Boston College, but like that quarterback, uh, which I'm not even going to try to say his name. DJU. Uh, DJU. He was banged up going into it. Like they were already kind of worried about his play. Uh, like uh, his shoulder, I think, was messed up. So like, I'm I'm not worried about them in the slightest. I feel like that is lock it up. Just go ahead and bet it now. The only thing with that is Notre Dame at home getting points doesn't happen very often either. This is a revenge game from the playoff a couple of years ago. And Notre Dame has won uh, four straight games as a double, as an underdog at home. So they bringing out the green jerseys. I don't it feels know. Feels like a green jersey kind of game. And with Clemson, there is that you know, like Clemson knows they're going to play this team twice, right? Like in the back of their mind, and they don't have Trevor Lawrence for this game. So, like, I think you know, I I think Clemson would win, but it would the, either result wouldn't surprise me. It's going to be weird getting an NBC primetime game. Like, I forget that Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy are yeah. the voices of Notre Dame football until I'll, like, oh, I'll check the score real quick. And I'm they, do, they do one a year. Usually it's, like, USC. Um, a couple years ago, they just – it was a Michigan game. Wait, they don't – no, I think they do all of them. Because no, I'm limited. talking about primetime, NBC primetime. Oh, oh got you, got you, got you. Um, well, yeah, and USC Notre Dame. When was the last time that game was even relevant? You know, right. So, but that should be fun. I'm excited for uh, a little Arkansas. Like they, that's a that's a big game for both those teams. I'll I will be watching that one very closely. That A and M South Carolina. I think both those games are big for both sides. I mean, why the hell that stupid SEC alternate channel? I'm gonna have to find a stream or something. Is that what it's on? Are they both on SEC? I think I think uh, A&M's on like ESPN or ESPN2, and then uh, Tennessee got the SEC Saturday Night crew. Oh, uh, okay, okay. See, typically that's at 7. They're both at 7.30. That's why I got thrown off a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no SEC games at noon, which is kind of weird. Very weird. Um, and what's our big noon Saturday? USC, Arizona State. Oh, it's not even a Big Ten game. Too good. Co- they're playing at nine a.m. out there. That's the nine a. <laughs> the nine a.m. The brunch. The uh, I saw somebody said a uh, Pac twelve before brunch or something. <laughs> well, you've told me that Arizona State has a good quarterback. So yeah, Jay Daniels is good. So it's maybe two good quarterbacks. Some, yeah, we'll get some good quarterback play at least to start the day. That's it's weird having the Pac twelve back. It's not weird that Jim Harbaugh still sucks against his rivals at home. Um, I'm disappointed Purdue's not playing whiskey. Uh, because I did they get rid of divisions in the Big Ten this year? They're just doing win percentage, right? To go to the conference championship game? I think so. I'm not sure. Let me find out right quick. Because yeah, no, it I looks mean, like they still have divisions. Okay, because the, the Homer in me is saying, like, dude. Yeah, they're still doing divisions. I mean, they already beat Iowa. Yeah, Purdue has a chance to win the West. Like, yeah. we'll talk. Like, Minnesota stinks. Like, they beat they, 
and beat Illinois. And comes out in Northwestern. Down in Northwestern. They haven't played. They, and Rondell Moore hasn't even played yet. And David Bell is freaking good. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Milton Wright from Cal is kind of rolling now. He's not, you know, the kind of game breaker, but he's like a, a solid sophomore receiver. He'd be the, the best receiver on Kentucky's team right now. I tell you that. Um, yeah. So uh, that should be. That, I, I wish we had that game. Uh, I guess well, Nebraska Northwestern. That's Indiana Michigan. Man, is it weird that I kind of like? Like, I, I know I'm supposed to hate Indiana, but I kind of like – like I feel like we're kindred spirits in football, so mm-hmm. I enjoy their success. And, I, like, seeing them in the Rose Bowl would be so weird, especially if, like – do they still do the roses on the helmets and stuff like they used to in, like, the 90s? No. Oh, no. see, we need to go back to that. I want to see – and if Indiana does, they have to, right? Like, w- you, you go to the Rose Bowl, like, once every 100 years. So put a freaking rose on your helmet. It'd be, so, it'd be very Indiana football to go to the Rose Bowl when no other fans can go. <laughs> that would be absolutely okay. The number 25 team in the country, Nick Roush, goes on the road this week. They're playing an unranked team, and they're a 15-point dog. Oh, I take the 15-point. Yeah, I, I, whoever it Liberty, is. Liberty at Virginia Tech. Liberty is ranked 25th in the country. Well, that spot, though, the Bear pointed it out last week. It was the Kansas State-West Virginia spot. Yeah. And West Virginia just beat the crap out of them. Where, yeah. like, uh, ranked teams on the road against unranked teams. Who are- that was a win. That was a win for analytics there because everybody, all the numbers said Kansas State stinks. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to they're, they're they're come down to uh, earth. So, play West Virginia. They should be favored in – Ended up being right. It was a blowout. I uh, I, I don't have any PT's picks of the week like it, so you can feel free to share yours with my with me ahead of time. I still have some number crunching to do, but North Carolina bounce back. They're a team I've played a lot this week or this year. Um, coming off that loss, bouncing back at Duke, ten and a half. I think they could blow out City. After that. Uh, the board's kind of tough. Like Minnesota, dude. Like, what the? What's going on? Like, why can't hey, they stop anybody? Um, that I don't know because they actually have scored points. But I'm just going to say fade Mike Sanford. Right. And then Vanderbilt at Mississippi State. Mississippi State just got shut out by Alabama the week before that. They only scored seven points, and it was a late fourth quarter touchdown against A&M. They scored two touchdowns in the month of October. They didn't score against Kentucky. Yeah. And they're laying 18 and a half. Two touchdowns in the month of October. That's a, that's a steep number. Colin Hill, just he finally made it official, which, like, like that's what's weird is that, like, the, the state of Mississippi officially changed the flag the day after he officially opted out. Mm-hmm. That's so bizarre. Actually, it was the day he opted out. Um, so really just weird times in Starkville. Also kind of weird times in Ole Miss. I forget the player's name, but they had they had to airlift him to a hospital in Memphis. Yeah. Luckily, it sounds like he's gonna be all right though. Everything's yeah. coming out. Which is um great to hear, but that was that was scary for a little bit. I kinda I kinda like Tennessee this week. Against the Arkansas? Yeah, off of by I think Arkansas is still a little overvalued. 
which I got beat brutal backdoor beat last week, last second touchdown. I told you. Brutal. You. Brutal. Yep. But, um, yeah, it's going to be nice having a, some Pac-12 after dark Saturday. And it, it's – the bye week is usually one of my favorite weeks of the year. Don't have to worry about a Kentucky game all day. You just – just have yeah. the full slate just to, and we've got just to digest. Cup. We've got Breeders' Cup races all day like it. Dude, it is the, the most fun race of the day, too. Monomoy Girl versus Swiss Skydiver. Like, mm-hmm. that's going to be a battle. And if it's anything like the Oaks, where you've got two monster fillies going up against one another, a long shot's going to hit. So I, I haven't done my full capping yet, but, like, that's what happened to the Oaks. You had Gamine versus Swiss Skydiver. They kick each other's ass the whole way, but you had she dares the devil come in um and the one race let me let me pull it up real quick because strong back-to-back sports weekends oh yeah and then masters you got the, the masters next weekend. week mm-hmm. it's gonna be great if, if you bet the one horse i'm telling everybody to bet by my standards in the breeders cup classic just it's it might not win but i think it's going to hit the board it's it won me a lot of money this spring when nothing else was happening um, so I was very appreciative of that. Um, let's see, where's the, the uh, actually, uh, there's a race that has a horse named Hog Creek Hustle in it. Uh, and A, that's a great name. B, it's got a local connection. I used to, uh, play basketball with the, uh, assistant trainer back in the day. He's a good dude. Uh, here's a horse to bet too. Like it. Breeders' Cup Turf, Arklo. Arklo by Brad Cox. There's nope. there's your your other horse make, to bet. Make a mental note. Mental note. Um, but this so there's a race. It's the big ass fans dirt mile, and this one might even be on Friday. Um, that race there's going to be a lot. That's going to be a huge payout in the trifecta. I don't know what it's going to be. I haven't broke it all down. But like War of Will, that was the horse that got clipped in the Derby last year. Art collectors in this, they thought he was going to win the Derby this year and beat Tis the Law. Uh, Nick's Go was a Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner. Rushy was another one of those horses. Owendale, uh, I mean, there, there's that's a deep, deep field. So, like, man, there's going to be some really big payouts. And I just hope that I can cash at least one pick three or pick four ticket. I'll be lucky if I, if, I I'm probably going to go in on a ticket with somebody for a big pick five or something because, like, there's a lot of money to be made this weekend on the market. A lot of money to be made. A lot, a lot of opportunities for degenerates to throw some money around. Oh yeah, especially when you talk about Pac-12 after dark in the night. Like, come on. Um. <laughs> Plenty of chasing opportunities. Yeah. Because yes. if you lose, if you're down a little bit after day of horse racing, then you got late night college football action and a full slate of NFL the next day. So. Plenty, plenty of opportunity to either um, try to continue to go big or try to erase a deficit. No Friday night Big Ten football, unfortunately. This week. yeah, but we got Miami, NC State. It's great. Great. I'm kind of. I'm starting to come around on this Friday. Oh, I am too. Game. I am too. Like, I think. It, I think that this needs to be a staple the entire year. And I know they're like, oh, it hurts the high school game. Like, does it really? Like, the people like, who go to high school games yeah. go to high school games. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we're past that point. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, I can only speak from where I'm sitting. Um, when we were 12 years old, Nick, 
it was a bit it was a lot bigger deal to go to the high school game on Friday night. I think that's kind of changed, at least um, in my area. I can't speak for other town other towns or in smaller towns what it might be like, but it just seems like it's not like it's not what you do. It used to be what people do. I don't think it's what there's other options think, for people to do. I think they still get good crowds, but like I. I definitely don't see as many kids playing football in the end zones, at yes. least in the city of Louisville. Like that's, you know, uh, I'm just not seeing it quite as much. So if it means staying home and watching, you know, Maryland winning overtime over Minnesota, right. I'm cool. With I just that. think it's, and I think it's a really good window for some teams to play like Maryland last week. No one ever really watches Maryland because right. when they play, Somebody when they get in a big window, it's usually against Michigan, Ohio State, where they're getting their brains beat in. So they got them on this Friday night. Everybody was watching the game, and their quarterback goes off, and then they get a lot of social media interactions, and it's probably a pretty good selling point for their program. I just think some some programs, you know, you could take advantage of it. Like for Kentucky, like I wouldn't be that upset if every third year they decided to play a Friday night home game, like a Friday night SEC game at home. I wouldn't mind it either. Same. I mean, same thing with the Thursday night. I mean, it's the same exact concept. Well, yeah, Thursday. Fridays. And it's Thursday's it's, dead, you know, though. NFL kind of killed college Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame, but is and what it is. And this Thursday night football is going to be a mess. This Forty Niners goes down there. I mean, by the time you ever listen yeah. to this, you'll know the fate of it. But like, the Forty Niners facilities closed. Uh, all the Packers running backs, like they don't have any because Aaron Jones has been hurt, and then everybody else had COVID. So. It's a mess. It's a mess. Um, ooh, one final thing. Tommy Tuberville is a U.S. senator. What the hell? He, he won over the Alabama fans, apparently. Well, that was the thing that I, I didn't know what, like, would win out more. Would it be Republican Party or Alabama loyalty? And you know what? Frankly, I'm disappointed in Alabama fans. I really am. I thought they had it in them. I think uh, Saban erased a lot of those ills probably towards Tuberville because it was Tommy Tuberville's success that made it a necessity for Alabama to hire Nick Saban. <laughs> so at the end of the day, they're probably thankful for Tommy Tuberville. Well, they, and it's been so long that they've forgotten about it, you know? Right. <laughs> like They've won five national championships since they had that losing streak to Auburn. Yeah, we're good. We'll, we'll, Get, get get that damn liberal out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, at, I feel like this was productive despite having wonderful Mac football on in the background mm-hmm. uh, and my dog storing next to me. Mm-hmm. And we got next week we'll get into the Vanderbilt game. I'm actually going to watch Vanderbilt on Saturday. That's one of my goals. I have a watch a little bit of that so I can kind of get <laughs> – because they do have two new coordinators. I don't really know what they're kind of doing on offense or defense. And they don't have Danny Carr either. So yep, an opt out. Um, so yeah. I think it's, I think Kentucky, like they should handle their business against Vanderbilt. We talked about them in the preseason. It's held true. They are pretty God awful. And then it just gets into the games after like it's a weird kind of setup because you play two home games you're gonna be favored in. You play two two row games against two top five teams. They gonna be a monster dog in. So it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a weird end to the season. So I mean you gotta start with the Vanderbilt game, see what you can do, and then you have two measuring sticks right in a row, back to back to November. 
Oh, man, it's going to be one hell of a home stretch, a bizarre home stretch that will go well into December. Uh, no, no real downtime. The whole it's going to be a ten day sprint. Are they going to push back signing day? Like, it hurt. Yeah, I, I think they said that they're not. They're keeping it as is. I mean, it's going to be a sprint playing your final game December twelfth, and then you know, twelve days later. Yeah. Less you're you're having a sign in class and you're probably going to play a bowl game in, mm-hmm. in around that time as well. So it's going know, to be a sprint to the finish line. I know there's been a lot of receiver talk, but at least right now they seem to be holding strong in those commitments. Yeah, Christian Lewis, that's the big one. Keep keep Ole Miss and AM away. Yeah. I mean, I, it feels like Magwood is playing quarterback for his high school team in Georgia this year. Right. So that's so it feels like that can help Kentucky. Um, Armand Scott, he had that moment, but it seems like it's kind of gone away. And he's having a monster season, by the way, numbers wise, him and Lewis both. Lewis is just, he's just in that deep south area where a lot of people are going to be coming after him. So he's going to get the most recruiting traffic. Um, but Crowdis, there's been like Texas buzz, but we'll see on him. I think getting Burton was probably pretty big there. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, do you really want to go play at Texas? I guess they're going to. Yeah, yeah, their coach is in hot seat territory, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that ain't going to last long. So, and, and now that Texas lost that quarterback commit, too, that might take some luster off of it. Because um, that kid was the best quarterback in the country, and he decommitted. He's probably going to end up at Ohio State. Mm, rich getting richer. What's yep. new? Am I right? Well, folks, I, I'm, I'm happy you all joined us for another edition of 11 Personnel. I hope you have an enjoyable bye week. I, I know I will have my feet kicked up this weekend. It's going to be a beautiful weekend, absolutely beautiful weekend. So yeah, get November. outside. It's 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 a put the TVs outside and watch sports kind of Saturday. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to it, and uh, I hope you have a great bye week. Go ahead. I am going to enjoy it. I'm going to consume a lot of college football this weekend. Very very exciting. We'll drink it up. And remember, as always, go Cats and go Kroger.